cult cinema catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy Buckingham and Andrew Farmer. It took me about 30 seconds. In the 30 seconds of deciding whether I wanted to play the yeah, I intend on uh, reserve. I mean, I have that already, but an ultra HD 4K restoration of the fog. I'm there, so. And it's got the the ten inch or the seven inch vinyl with it, yeah. you know, that'll complement the wax works really well. So. Yeah. I myself might go with the Stevie Ray just so. <sighs> I'm gonna regret not going with the Stevie Ray unless they release it like NECA does, like in the stores. They, they very well might, just a different version of it. NECA's really uh, either guilty or, or uh, good, depending on who you are and how you feel about uh, <laughs> releases on exclusives about stuff like that. So Yeah. And by the way, we've been recording, by the way. So. That's fine. Hi, everybody. Skate <laughs> town. I put glitter in my beard. Let's do it. And for those who are listening, yes, this is Roy. Um, just, um, <laughs> it's not. We are joined tonight by Harvey Firestein. <laughs> You're listening to the smooth jazz of 104.7 with Stevie become, uh, Way's brother. <laughs> what's the name of the movie that's going to become the um, uh, God damn it. I can never remember. It's the Canadian zombie movie. Um, Pontypool. It's going to become Pontypool here in a second. <laughs> So, for those wondering what happened to my voice, because this may disappear by the time you get to the second half of this episode. <laughs> um, so, last Thursday, I had the opportunity to go meet Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Lady, Mail Lady at the Texas Theater. This happened on uh, July. No, I'm sorry. No, not July. This happened on June, June 28th. That same night that I met them, I was also overcome with food poisoning. And I'm not just like talking about your regular run-of-the-mill food poisoning. This was vicious food poisoning. I actually had to leave the event early because I couldn't, I, I couldn't hold it back anymore. I vomited nonstop for five hours, and it did so much damage to my vocal cords um, that it has not healed back yet so and because i have a job that requires me to talk on the phone and i have no time off for sick i got no other choice so who knows this might be permanent i I do like the way that uh you describe food poisoning the way clarence carter describes stroking so i appreciate that about you Uh, when i get food poisoning it goes long and hard and i'll be puking Oh, it's good. Oh, my God. I just I got there. I'm so proud of myself right now. <laughs> Welcome to God. What a way to celebrate our fourth anniversary is we, with me with a voice like this. Just just us <laughs> rambling incoherently. <laughs> this is officially our fourth anniversary, folks. And we're 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 doing something special this month for our fourth anniversary. We're doing our regular movies that we normally do. But. This is a movie that Andy and I have totally agreed. Like, we need an excuse to watch Samurai Cop. I mean, like, we really need an excuse to watch this treasure. Um, but we're like, we're going to discuss this on the show because we, we we need to. And because it's such a fun-ass film. <laughs> it is. And you know what's funny is you can say 
that we didn't need we, we still kind of needed an excuse because it is so popular that it doesn't fit we love it so much but it is so popular that it doesn't fit the kind of mold that we've created for the show mm. but we wanted to do it so bad that it would be like us doing oh yeah we wanted to do et so we're done. <laughs> so we did need an excuse but i'm glad we found one yeah for sure I mean, because it is definitely one of those best, it's so bad, it's good movies. I mean, not not just for the, the sexy nurse time, the horny nurse scene alone, I, but just it has some of the best dialogue delivery ever uh, by Matthew Kratos, who's known as Mark, Matt Hammond or Hannon or whatever it is in this film. Basically yeah. the cop himself, Joe, Joe Marshall. He's just got some great lines that he delivers. Um, his partner gives great facial reactions. Like he's selling these facial reactions to the back of the theater type of <laughs> facial reactions. Honestly, it kind of borderlines buckwheat with some of the facial expressions he gives I, in this film. The, the acting is great. It's one thing. I'll tell you what sells me on this movie more than anything are the um, effects, the action sequences. <laughs> Holy shit, man. It's it does not get better than those action sequences. It, that's I've never seen anything like it in my life. And then you've got the magic that is Robert Zadar. I oh. mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, the face maniac cop himself, Robert Zadar. I mean, just as the. Oh God! What was his name? Yamashita. Um, with the, <laughs> I will take his head and put it here on your piano. You know, <laughs> with just great moments like that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you've never seen this film, oh my God, do yourself a favor and watch this. This is a great film to watch with an audience, with a group mm-hmm. of people, because you will just be giggling nonstop at the choices that were made <laughs> to make this movie. Um, when was the first time you saw it? Oh my God. It's been so long. Like this is, you know, there are movies that I can point to as my entree into loving, like full on loving bad cinema, mm-hmm. good, bad cinema, right? This, this is one of the three that did it. Like I rem- I think I watched this by myself the first time. Like it's one of those things where you watch a movie and then you're like, am I am I having a fever? Am I, am I okay? Like <laughs> is this really what's happening? You know, because I'm used to like asylum movies and things like that when I would watch bad movies or or you know what I mean, like UHF type things. And this was just next level bonkers like just on a different tier and i was just like this is this is outstanding like it it blew me away how insane it is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i saw this i think when i was in my early 30s and or no mid 30s chris and i saw it for the first time together oh did you see it with him together yeah okay and we, we watched it online just because we heard so much about it so we're like, okay, let's let's watch this sucker. I couldn't stop giggling. I know. I, I just the whole entire time I'm just giggling and laughing. And then Riff Tracks comes out with this incredibly awesome riff. Uh, I'll never hear the phrase "my neck" the same way ever again, <laughs> thanks to Riff Tracks. Uh, 
one of their best riffs they've ever done. And honestly, it didn't really need the riffs because the film just riffs itself, honestly. But God, yeah, this this is the, the, when you're looking for a good example of a film so bad it's good. This is it. This is this this if they ever bring midnight movies back this would pack an audience for sure because it's so much fun and and completely and the thing i love about a movie like this is it's completely unaware that it is so bad it's good yeah they were making the the they were making the movie you know they were going to make there this was the dream mm-hmm. uh, and they were making the movie and and i think that they have embraced it I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Well, pro- I need to look into that to see if they've embraced kind of the the life it has taken on for itself. Well, the fact um, that the sequel has Tommy Wiseau in it, I think, yeah, shows I, that they embraced it a little bit. You're right. Yeah, that's that's right. That's true. That's true. So uh, good for them for, for for locking in and saying that that we are we are good with um, you know the life that this thing has outside of us trying to make the the pen, you know, the ultimate action cop movie. So good for them for that. But yeah, it is. God, it is Chef's Kiss stellar. I can't wait to, to to hit play on this one for real. You know what would be a great double feature with this is New York Ninja. It would. They are in the same the same vein, mm-hmm. right? I think I think that um they they live on the same plane at least. They do. You know. Yeah. Something like. Something like New York Ninja or or Miami Connection or something like that. They're on the same vein as those type of films. Uh, Miami Connection, I'm surprised we haven't done yet. Uh, That's another one that that (laughs) when I think of this movie, Miami Connection is the next one I think of. Now, now of course, it's New York Ninja. But back in the day, it was this and Miami Connection, you know? Yeah, either that or or like... uh... Um, hard ticket to Hawaii or something like that. Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> We're gonna have to do his filmography because those those are just awesome films, also. So that's that's for another time and another place. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Gotta do the 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 hard ticket. To, oh my god! Yeah, that would be a good, good, good two two hander. Mm-hmm. Hard ticket to Hawaii and Miami Connection. Holy cow. Oh, I don't know if it would survive. <laughs> All right, man. So are you ready oh, for, to re-experience for... the New York Ninja? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Been waiting a long time for this. All right. So we will be right back after we have witnessed the magic that is New York Ninja. <laughs> Shoot me. So they call him Samurai, huh? His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. Omaha, Yamaha, whatever his face, his name is, right? Are you Fujiyama? He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. He was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us. I want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. I want his head on this piano. I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. And we'll see who the real samurai is. Damn. God damn you guys. All you've done is cost me bloodshed and mayhem. 
Who hired you? Tell me who hired you to kill a cop. Hey, look. Police, don't move. You're under arrest. Stop. Hey, counselor. <laughs> we'll see you in court. <laughs> Well, this one's dead, too. Not captured alive. Have you been circumcised? Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. No, he, uh, he was a good doctor. Now, I'm telling these son of a bitches that if they continue killing our children, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass, and it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. So, <laughs> so fucking, I feel like I'm in a Senate hearing at all times. <laughs> well, we're recording now, so. Oh, sweet, yeah, because I never know what is getting recorded of what I'm saying and what isn't, so. Pretty much you sign a tacit agreement like going on the circle when you come on, when you become a host of this show where it's oh, just like much, anything yeah. you say ever in your life bathroom 2 a.m could be on the show <laughs> don't know <laughs> deal with it man this is it oh god yeah well, i was we were saying off off mic that uh we think we did a really good job this this anniversary of encapsulating exactly what this show is meant to be with oh the yeah we did this month just yeah. Definitely did this month, I, and I will I I will say this about what we did, okay? In all three of the films, to get like like if you watch them as some kind of strange trilogy, which we did, um, there is a sense of displacement from reality that you get from all three of them. Like mm-hmm. nothing makes sense. Like even like they have achieved what Christopher Nolan has tried to do <laughs> in his career. which is remove you like you want to make inception cool go watch samurai cop laser mission and skate town usa together all at once and you will have done that like that's Mm -hmm. the third dream in i think is what it would happen (laughs) the wild ride man pretty much and so we'll go ahead well i mean this is us talking about samurai cop which uh, i don't think the movie's over it's still happening <laughs> right now well you gotta shoot him shoot him shoot him shoot shoot him shoot shoot him shoot shoot him it was so much fun revisiting that oh movie. my god oh my god it's so good it's such a good movie oh i loved when you were messaging me Telling me that Lacey was trying to make sense of the movie, and I was just like, "Tell her, don't. You don't can't. Try, you can't make sense of this movie." Like, are you like at one it's point, like, I was just like, "What like are you Monty, trying to do right now?" Like, it's like Monty Python. You just can't overthink it. Just let it happen. Well, it's not even know? overthink it. Like, you can't. You can't think it at all. Like, yeah. it's not an overthinking or an underthinking. You just can't think it because. Like you had written me, like uh, something about the editing of the film. Like y- you can't, like it. The film does not make sense. Mm-mm. That's the thing. Is like there are so many just bare breasts for no reason, <laughs> awful sex scenes, 
my two favorite characters, I, you know, this might not be, uh, the most, uh, this might be a bad, like, like a, like a conscientious, like a, a bad opinion, right? My two favorite characters in this movie are the police chief and the mafia boss. Oh, the police chief is hilarious because he's, he's on like constant anger and he's like, he's like, ah, 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 ah. God, I love those guys. Yeah, my favorite scene is when he's screaming at them and they leave and he just starts laughing like, oh, those guys. So it's like, what the hell is happening? The, oh, this movie is so great. The editing is horrible. The acting, insane. You have to remind yourself constantly as you watch this film that this film was made in earnest. This wasn't a parody movie. This is a real thing that people tried to really make as a real movie of. Oh, God, it's so good, Roy. It's so good. Well, it's like I messaged you. I want to call this movie Live Free or Die Zadar. Oh, my God. Zadar. <laughs> oh, my God. Zadar, who looks like Billy Zane with a bee allergy. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved is, is is if you've not seen the Rift Tracks version of this, it's it's now available for free on YouTube. Um God, they have so much fun with this thing. And in, in the scene uh, after the big fight between the two of them and he tells uh, Zadar, you've lost face. All of a sudden you hear them go, well, no, he's got plenty to spare. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, so is this before or after the rest? This is after Zadar's like career has been rolling for a while, right? I think, I think I can't, I got to take a look. Cause I don't know if this is pre or post maniac cop. Um, but like, was it Zadar in like commando? Wasn't he in some of the other stuff too? Like he's been in, yeah, he's been in, as a henchman. Like he was like the, uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Dude. I can't remember. Uh, I know the, he was in tango and cash. I know that. Yeah. Like, so like, I think he's just loving life. He got this thing to exactly like saw the script, knew exactly what was going on. Didn't tell anybody. It just wrote it out, baby. Just yeah. This no, was, no, Zadar. Yeah, this that's is... that's too natural. We need you to act more unnatural. He's the only trained actor on the stage. Yeah, his very first film that he did was God. This man's got a huge uh, filmography. Uh, he, did, he prior to this, he did Cherry Two Thousand. Oh yes, that's a movie. Um, think about doing. He was uh, yeah, maniac. Yeah, Maniac Cop came before this film. Um, God, what else was he in? He was on an episode of Mood Lighting. He was in a movie <laughs> called The Night Stalker. A film called The Killing Game. Uh, another film called Fresh Kill. God bless you, Zadar. Then, the yeah, he was saint of our. You know, we have plenty of patron saints, but I think Zadar really takes the cake as the patron saint of our, our show. Oh yeah, Tango and Cash, uh, Soul Taker as the Angel of Death. He was on an episode of the '91 version of The Flash. He was he was in Beastmaster too. That's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then along came Samurai Cop in 1991, even though the film looked like it was made in 1986. So my thing about that is it does look like it was made in 1986, except except it had all of the um, kind of ex- eccentricities of a 90s movie. Yes. Like definitely like had all the eccentric. It was like an 80s movie 
with the eccentricities of a 90s movie. So like you had you you had the lighting and like the the cinematography of a 90s movies, but here's a bunch of ninjas and here's a bunch of Uzis. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. It's so good. The everything is so good about this movie. Everything from the sets that they use to the acting, to the script, to the editing, to the lighting. Like there is it is astounding that they can make a movie this bad. Like you would expect them to trip into doing something good. You know what I mean? Something right. At least. Nope. Nope. Not this one, baby. Mm, not at all. Somehow, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I love the observation when it comes uh, with the riff track, they make this great observation of just how inept this movie is. And it's the scene when they're on the docks before the shoot them, shoot them happens. Yeah. They're doing the bust on the docks and they say that the, the scene they said that this scene says crime happening on the docks, but the soundtrack says it's time for mom to do her morning workout. Right. <laughs> and that observation, as hilarious as it is, nailed everything about this movie because it's like here's this crime happening on the docks, but the music is all like, Okay, everybody now breathe and one and two and three. You know, it's like the chain fondle workout starting out of nowhere. And I think that the other thing about the movies that we've, I, I don't know if it, if it rings true for you for uh, skate town or not, but especially laser mission in this movie is, and it's one thing I absolutely love and I will always go to bat for this in a movie is it's so earnest. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before on the show. I'll probably say it a hundred times. I adore an earnest movie. You know, it, it's not trying to be something that it doesn't want to be. It's not trying to be better or worse than what it is. It mm-hmm. just is the movie. And God, they, they do such a great job with it. <laughs> and God, what else? Um, the the, the I, 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 It kills me that this film has casual sexism. And what I mean by casual sexism as it's like they allow samurai to or as he's being called or 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 Joe as his character's name is to just casually be a pig and the women are like oh you yeah, well, the, the other part of that is because it's 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 a male gaze fantasy it's like um lethal weapon like on testosterone <laughs> It is that the women are also pigs. Yeah. In this movie, like like the the helicopter pilot who just wants to have sex with everyone. Yeah. And in in the hospital when they're checking up on the guy who got burnt to death, who somehow is still bleeding through the gods. Yes. And uh, he's still bleeding through the gods. And then the nurse is like, "I heard you got the good uh, big dick." Big dick. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? You don't often hear in a film. I heard you got a big old dick. I heard you got the big old dick, and it's not. She doesn't say dick. She goes dick. dick. <laughs> and just the reactions from the samurai cop, like I do, I do okay. Oh, I'm and then you, I got, <laughs> then he got I'm his. Right. He I got the big old dick. Like, <laughs> and then he got his friend, uh, his partner, Frank, in the background making the what I call the uh, the oh the, the faces. Oh yes. my god, the <laughs> what reaction I, shots. What I call the buckwheat from our gang, little rascals, reaction oh. faces. Because he's like, ooh, oh boy, dang. 
you know, throughout the whole film. And, <laughs> and then she's like, and then, and he's like, do you want to see my big old dick? I got a bigger old dick. Like, it's without, like, what is this movie? Without his black gift. This black gift. Oh my God. Where the guy comes, I cut off your black gift. I cut off your black gift. There's a line in this film. He's going to cut off the man's dick. And he's like, I'll cut off your black gift. And I'm like, what? I want to see this movie redone with Daniel Day Lewis. I want to see Daniel Day Lewis sing black gift. And then you could tell, you could tell what scenes were reshoots. And oh what yeah, was part of the original shoots, and how you can tell when the scene is a reshoot <laughs> is is because <laughs> Matthew Caderas, or who's playing the samurai cop, is wearing the most obvious wig in I, cinema history. I had to explain that to Lacey. I was like, you know, the reshoots of this film. Look here, so you see how he's wearing this hat, and then this wig under it. She's like, oh my god, yeah. I'm like every one of those you see was a reshoot. She's like, no way. Yeah. And there were lots of reshoots in this it, movie. She asked, she'd ask the question, did his eyebrows have wigs too? <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, in this well, movie. I mean, even the fight scene between him and Robert Zadar, there was reshoots because he has his regular, you know, Fabio hair in one shoot. And then the next shoot, he's wearing the Party City wig. And, and at one point, the wig changes. It's yeah. like it goes from one yeah. wig to another wig. Yeah, and I'm like, it does. is this a second reshoot? I will say this for his natural hair. All right. It is goddamn gorgeous. Okay. <laughs> he, holy shit. He has some good hair. Back when it's his actual hair, man, it is distracting how good that hair is. The scene where they're wearing matching panties. I was uh, about to say that was distracting too, where they're wearing the matching underwear. <laughs> that is my favorite. That might be my favorite scene in any movie. My fa- oh, let's put it this way: that's probably my favorite sex scene in any movie. That scene, <laughs> italicis around the word "sex scene." I it was like an awkward sex scene in well, that that's movie. That's why it's my favorite. <laughs> I told you before we watched this movie. This I was like, I cannot wait to watch this sex scene again. <laughs> because he walks in. Doesn't he have like a cake? He's wearing yes. a bikini brief. And he has a cake. Just shaved and tan, <laughs> hair everywhere, and he's just carrying a cake. Happy birthday. Oh, <laughs> this doesn't look like the precinct. Will you just trust me? No. Why would anybody trust you? Why would... <laughs> this is where I'm going to die. <laughs> this is a second location. God. Oh, God. This movie is a... It, all three of the movies that we've watched, we want everyone to watch. They should be part oh, yeah. of a, 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 a – if you get a syllabus for cult movies in the 102-level courses, these three are on it. You must watch them. Mm-hmm. But above that, this movie is just an exercise in removing yourself from reality for an hour and 35 minutes and watching something. And it's on Tubi. Yeah, it's on Tubi. So you or can you, watch or- it. Or if you want to watch the Netflix version, I mean, not the Netflix, but the Rift Tracks version, it's free on YouTube. And you get to hear great snide comments about like how they said that the fact that he doesn't own a waterbed is the least believable thing about the movie. <laughs> I do suggest watching it. Watch it on Tubi, then go watch it on on Netflix, like watch both versions. I um, want his head. I want his head. And then I want his head placed on this piano. On this piano. 
I will go get his head and place it on this piano. You know how many times in this movie out loud, I know I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't alone, but essentially I was, you know, I wasn't like in a theater. I wasn't with a group of friends necessarily. You know how many times out loud watching this movie again, I just said, fuck, just uh, when he's, <laughs> when he's just like, I want his head. I want you to bring me his head and I want you to put it on the piano. <laughs> Call you want to, I, I, I want to now recite to you. The soliloquy. Oh, please. That is my favorite line oh. in the entire film. This whole oh. entire speech that Joe Marshall, the samurai cop, gives in this film. <clears throat> and I'll try my best to do it in his inflection. Okay. Now I'm telling these son of bitches <laughs> that we respect the Japanese in this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah... This is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the street. And now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if we continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, (laughs) before your last suit ever gets on the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? Uh, yes, yes. That's an awesome moment right there. Bravo. I mean, and it was just... you. It was worse than your delivery somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that whole speech was just like if 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 I was at a midnight screening, this would have been the moment where I think uh, the whole audience would have given a standing ovation to uh-huh. that speech. <laughs> just. There, there are so many. Any time that the captain gets worked up and starts screaming, is like a three-minute diatribe, and it is beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, there are some. There are some really, really. There is one towards the beginning with uh, uh, low rent Mako and uh, Zadar and the mafia boss talking about how low rent Mako doesn't want to kill anyone. So they call him Samurai, huh? The way they put it. I I hate to to have gotten that loud, but that's how he delivers every line. Every line. There's another great scene um, where Joe Samurai, uh, Mr. Samurai, uh, goes into the restaurant while. while they're the mafia is he's eating um the yakuza's eating goes into the restaurant and confronts them that is and the and the and again the face serving reaction <laughs> shots in this film who edited this <laughs> who did it because i they deserve something yeah i i, I you know i, I just the scenes with because so um, Samurai Cop has his lady henchman, right? His 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 Sonya Blade. <laughs> um, but so does Zadar. Zadar has uh, whatever bus and truck Black Widow they could drum up. <laughs> who goes who who pretend, who dresses up as a nurse in these high heel uh, <laughs> like stiletto heeled shoes. Um, to, to take the guy's head 
which by mm-hmm. the way, that scene, I could do this with every scene, right? There's the scene where they go. So this guy is in police custody in the hospital and the mafia boss wants his head on this piano. Mm-hmm. They send Zadar and, uh, and black widow to get this head. <laughs> so you, Jesus. So you, nobody knows who Zadar is. Nobody like he isn't like there aren't wanted posters. He's not on the news. Mm-hmm. Okay. You see the black widow trick the cops. Cause you know, there's, that's a floor that the other guards everywhere trick the cops by dressing up as a nurse and pushing a, um, a like laundry hamper. I need to change his sheets. I need to change his sheets and shoves this laundry hamper in. And lo and behold, out of the laundry hamper pops Zadar. Zadar in a box. basically. Sword. Why does he need that? If you can fake, can't he just fake his way in as a doctor? Does he need to be in this <laughs> thing? Well, if he had a face like that, I mean, I mean, sure. It's recognizable. All right. Let's <laughs> be honest. But yeah, it's like he, it's not that the fact that he's hidden inside the laundry hamper, it's the way he emerges uh-huh. from yes. the laundry hamper. <laughs> it's like the way he emerges out of the laundry hamper, you suddenly expect to hear, you wanted the best, you got the best, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Zadar! You know? <laughs> he pops out with a samurai sword. And then goes to work on this guy for an uncomfortable amount of time to cut his head off. And then they're about ready to leave. And she's like, get in there. (laughs) It's just. Oh, my God, this whole movie. And the the hospital fight scene is great. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're all great. There's nothing. There's nothing ungreat about this movie. It is from from the first beat of the film. Till the till the credits roll, you will be entertained. I guarantee it. You, you will know, not, not be entertained. You know who else deserves a special recognition in this movie? Who? The man who decided that in that one set piece <laughs> that this film desperately needed a yarn lion's head. Oh, yeah. Oh, there were <laughs> the set designer for this film should get an Oscar every year. They should bring him on stage. The Oscar should be named after him. They should give it to him on camera after Best Picture every single year. <laughs> because the my favorite sex scene in the no, that's not my favorite sex scene. There, there or was it? There was the one of the sex scenes. He's in the they're, they're in the bed, and then on the headboard for the bed, there is what and, and this is the only thing in the shot besides the bed and the two of them. <laughs> And I keep trying, and I have tried to find one of these for years and have not. It's this mirror <laughs> octagon with glass and a mirror on the inside. And then there are like lights and then flowers. Fiber, op- fiber optic flowers. Yep. Yeah. And it rotates. And that's the only thing in the scene. Well, it's like I told you, I said I had so many Filipino friends growing up who had at least one of those. And I even asked my friend Luigi, I sent him a photo of this. I was like, "Okay, I need to know this is not being racist or anything. But did your family own one of these growing up? He said we had three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only thing in the scene. It's it's a bed. Them. 
I'm going to use this term loosely, making love. And then <laughs> this thing, golden, tra- and, it, and it's, and it's golden ratioed right where your line of sight is. The, mm-hmm. It's offset shot there on the bed on the left hand side to center. And then the right center is this thing just rotating away. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it is David Lynchian in its delivery. It is, it is at the, it is the height of cinema. It is it's, the height of cinema. It adds so much ambiance to that, that room that and the the uh, the business office that has the the yarn lion head yes. hanging on the wall uh just i mean the 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 choices uh for set direction i mean set design in this entire film is just hilariously chef's kiss it really the is lab. the lab where they did the quote-unquote lab work uh, oh, oh you like mean <laughs> you mean the assistant director's apartment complex? Right, right. <laughs> the lab, quote unquote, is the same, dude. It's it's there is just nothing. There is nothing that doesn't slap in this movie. <laughs> From beginning to end, the movie slaps, and everybody go watch it right now. Yeah. This is a must see if I mean, this is this is definitely creme de la creme when it comes to cult cinema. I you will be laughing from beginning to end. I because the the fact that they're so earnest in making this film and so dead set on like thinking they're creating the next big. Action film. Yeah, the next franchise. This was yeah. going to be. You could tell this is an action franchise. <laughs> this this is going to be. This is going to be bigger than Jeff Speakman, you know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> you're the new Jeff Speakman. Uh, this is the perfect weapon times two. You know, but, uh, God, yes. I mean, I haven't seen the sequel. I know the sequel was Crownfoot, should... but but I've heard the sequel is not as good as the first one because the sequel tries too hard. To... It understands. They understand it now. Yeah. So they, they made a sequel based on that understanding and mm-hmm. it can't be as good. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard that the, really the only scene that's worth watching is the scene where he fights Tommy Wiseau. The only way the sequel would work is if the director was so delusional that he was like, they didn't get it. <laughs> We got to show them now what it was really about, but that's not what it is. It's yeah. Oh man. So you're going to tell, I I think we both agree that everybody should watch this. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. You, yeah. Immediately watch this as soon as possible. Get on Tubi, watch it. Thank you for the gift of watching this movie again. Yes. Laugh your ass off because God, this film's so much fun. Can't recommend it enough. No. No, can't do it. Can't. I'll never be able to tell you to watch this movie more than it should be watched. <laughs> All right. So our next episode, uh, we will be discussing an, another bonkers film. Um, our next episode, we'll be discussing the magic that is Skate Town, USA. And I also will have a very special announcement on that episode as well. So you'll have to tune in and listen to see what that special announcement is. I mean, some of the news has been released already, but uh, you'll see on that episode. You'll see. 
<clears throat> and then after that, uh, after that, our next episode will be the, <laughs> the laser mission. Um, and Andy's got something lined up for me that I am honestly scared about because he's the hits that he's given me. I have absolutely no clue what they are, and it has me terrified. It should. It should. <laughs> it really should. All right. Again, to everybody who's listening, who's been there since the beginning, thank you for being with us for the past four years. Um, this year is going to be a fun year. Of course, we've got uh, Lillard Fair coming up. That's a tribute to Matthew Lillard and uh, all sorts of other fun stuff lined up as well. So thanks again for listening and we'll be back next time. Bah. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot him. <laughs> Shoot. It's the same it's the it's literally the same audio <laughs>